Hi, and welcome to episode 216 of No Crying in Baseball, the It Is Rocket Science episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth and Honey the Cat. Yes, I think that the cat might be uh, part with us for the entire podcast at this point. He seems to be settled in on my lap. So everybody say hi to Honey the Cat. Here's Honey. You might hear from him here and there. You might hear some swearing from Potty Mouth, depending on how, how Honey behaves. Absolutely. You know, that's the only reason you would ever hear swearing from Potty Mouth. <laughs> yes. Of course. Hey, I want you to admire my background, which um, those of you who are listening can't actually see. But can you see how thematic I am? You mean color-wise or content-wise? Because Both. you've got kind of a, a, a double, a twofer there. I do have a twofer there. Can you, can, you tell, can you tell the adoring fans what you see? So first of all, everybody should check out our Instagram photo because you'll be able to see it too there. But I see a lot of orange, an awful lot of orange, and I see beer and baseball. So Patty's wearing a lovely Orioles, uh, is that the Hawaiian shirt day? It is the Hawaiian um, shirt, yep, yep. It's it's catchy, especially on bright orange. And in the back, there's lots of beer fest posters back from the day where we could do beer fest in Tacoma Park. There are. So I've got the word beer. I've got my Orioles. And the only way I broke this whole thing was for weird, weird things I can't explain. I'm drinking wine instead of beer. I don't huh. know why that is, even though beer is super thematic for today. Okay. All right. Hey, well, cheers. Cheers to that. Um, hey, um, hello world. We're in the first baseball lockout since 1994. Before social media, right? And all of the excitement, the pre-lockout uh. excitement happened as soon as we hung up from recording last week. So, you know, we said, oh, things are forthcoming. And then all of a sudden there were a thousand free, free agent signings, like as we were recording. So we didn't know they were happening. And then in the days coming up to the lockout. So, wow, that was a flurry, wasn't it? Yep. But we'll catch you up. I don't think I'm caught up, but yeah. I'll, I'll give it a try. All right. Well, on today's show... We've got boyfriends that were on the move, part of that flurry, before the before the lockout happened. We've got where things stand right now with the lockout and the CBA. Our boyfriends are back for the O's and the Diamondbacks. We're going to sing. Um, we've got international baseball, so much international baseball. And we've got a new scandal this time. It's the balls. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, our boyfriends are back. First, we'll talk about our, our old boyfriends on the move. And so as you will hear very shortly... This is an exciting day. We get to start choosing new boyfriends. These are the guys that we pick in the off season because they're they're ideally cool and a guy that we would want to hang out and have a beer with, which is really my barometer. Would I be able to sustain a conversation with this guy at a bar? And Cesar Hernandez made the cut last year when he was on the Cleveland team. I was super happy to see him being a high achiever on the Cleveland team and then so high achieving that they decided that they would cut cut him and get some value and put him over to the White Sox. Well, now I get the privilege and the pleasure of watching him on our very own Nationals. And it's it's very cool to look forward to something like that with the Nationals. We need as much as we can get for the positive for the Nats this year. And and I'm going to be cheering on my buddy Cesar Hernandez. It's going to be so much fun to watch him play up close and personal. Hey, so I had a bunch of boyfriends of the past uh, move around this past week. Uh, Marcus Simeon, who I said was my, like, highest rated boyfriend pick from the past year just signed a seven-year contract with the rangers seven years the rangers made some moves man they are they a team really to did. watch right um yeah. javi baez went to the tigers for six years i did not see that one coming nope. clint frazier who got dfa'd by the yankees signed with the cubs for one year which sounds kind of tentative but remember he's got some health issues so i think they're probably like being careful about that whole thing but he's got a home that's good mm-hmm. and my um my Red Sox boyfriend, Hunter Renfro, got traded to the Brewers for a former Red Sox boyfriend of mine, JBJ. And I think your family's got some things to say about Jackie Bradley Jr. and Hunter Renfro. Yeah, so I talk to my dad pretty much every night, and a large part of the conversation usually has to do with the Red Sox. And so we're talking about the the recent deals. And overall, I think that the attitude among Red Sox Nation, including my dad, is excited about JBJ, despite his batting average of the past year. And Hunter was fine, but not super exciting. And what dad says, and, and I, I fact-checked my dad, and he's, he's good on this. He said Hunter Renfro didn't show up for the playoffs. He said he left a lot of people on base. Yeah, and I thought, you know, you've got a point. He's not and wrong, also, right? And and there's a lot of talk about his cannon. Like he's got a good arm when it works. But he also had a shit ton of errors at the end of the year. And Jackie Bradley Jr., you know, it's always like 
is it is it the dude or the ballpark or the transition, right? Nature or nurture or yeah. Yeah, like all those things. So maybe Milwaukee wasn't the fit for him. He could not hit there. He was batting 163, slugging 236 on base 261. Dad points out very correctly that he was much better the year before, which made him, you know, a big trade trade piece when they got the whole got rid of the entire outfield and he was actually batting 283 is that an eight my I don't have my glasses on that's, yeah, I, that's an eight. I'm wearing glasses for the two of us Thank yes you. that is an eight <laughs> Thank you. he was batting 283 in his last year with the Sox slugging 364 and then 450 on base and both parks he had that sexy defense so then the big question is where are they going to put him because we've got sexy Kike Hernandez in center field but Kike is versatile Kike can play anywhere so I feel like they've got to put as many pieces in place and then Kike can do second he can do wherever in the in the outfield he'll be great and the Red Sox get a couple of minor league players that dad is also very positive about so any day that the Red Sox do something to make my dad happy is a good day plus the fact that they got three pitchers which is you know for the Red Sox to be focusing on pitching it's an interesting thing they're money ball pitching them they're all like older guys on one-year contracts I think it's uh I think it's a good thing well, you know, I'm also happy to make your dad happy at any opportunity. So that is all good for me. And I'm also amused that you found a way to mention Kike Hernandez in a field <laughs> yes. that did not involve him at all in any way. Everything involves Kike Hernandez. Uh, stop, stop. Uh. For God's sake, stop. Hey, so this lockout, um, here's what's going on. So the um, the league, MLB, and the um, the players' union – were unable to come to an agreement, surprising zero people. Shocking, shocking. And the owners did what everyone believed the owners would do, but the owners were not required to do. The owners chose to have a lockout, lock the players out. Um, So during this time, everything stops. The business of baseball stops except for negotiations, even though those apparently weren't going great. So if you've tried to go to the MLB site recently, you will be impressed with just how boring it is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the league cannot use legally the the names, image, or likeness of any of the players covered by this. They can't make money off of these players right now. So they had to press some button that had like a thousand interns ready to pull down all of this content on the site. So on some teams, you can't even get to the roster unless you try six different ways from a Sunday. Um, and others, if you can pull a roster up, you get like those, just the silhouettes of the guys' heads, which if you've been on social media, a lot of the players have been having a great time with. Yes. <laughs> and one of the cool things about that is if you go to the MLB site, you see all these like historical articles and all these things about the past or road trips for, you know, ballparks and things. And it... I think it's backfiring for the league. I mean, I get they had to do it for legal reasons, but it really shows that without the players, they don't have anything. It's like, hey, all the all the content is gone because the players are gone, and you need the players, dudes. You need the yeah, players. Yeah, although I, I feel like they were kind of slimy about it because they got to put out their letter on the email that goes out to everybody on the MLB, you know, listserv, the, the letter to the fans signed at Rob Ranfred and that seems just kind of shitty because he automatically got this big audience for his letter. I mean, I know that there's social media and players have a way to come out, but just to have it on the MLB news of the day and I I just kind of was pissed off about that. Eat the rich. Yeah. Power <laughs> to the people, fight the man because that's the man's got the power right now and that's what's yep. happening. Um if you go to the MLB shop, you will see some things with current players names on them if their um, their NIL, their name, image, likeness deal is separate from what's covered by the, C- the CBA. Huh. But if it's a CBA-related thing, those things are gone too. So they can't make money off of NIL. Wow. So, um, there's, so no deals can be made. So that huge flurry of activity ended as soon as the lockout happened. No more deals will be made until the agreement is reached. There's no access to any facilities, including rehab. So you'll see some players talking about, you know, they're trying to rehabilitate from an injury using their team, um, physical therapists and trainers and whatnot. They can't do that right now. It doesn't. Okay, go ahead. 
Yeah, no, I wish I wish I could remember who who tweeted this because it was hysterical. It was like, oh, I can't have my trainers. I guess I'll Google my injury. Like, right? I yeah, just, I don't need this boot anymore. That's right. fine. It's all yes, fine. Yes. yes, that's the one. Now, again, in theory, it doesn't affect the minor leagues, right? Because the minor leagues are not covered by the CBA, so those facilities are open. Players not on the forty-man roster can work out at minor league facilities, and that's, this is not going to stop that season. But if this lockout continues into the major league season, that's going to cause havoc for service time. For If these minor league guys were going to get called up early to start their service time, which they need to move them towards arbitration and then towards free agency, they're going to they're gonna suffer. That's going to push that clock even farther back. Um, and a little more about that when we get to our boyfriends, because we've got I've got a boyfriend absolutely affected by that for sure. Um, the official statements, like the one you mentioned that Rob Manfred sent out, and then I think the union waited until Manfred's went out so they could respond to it point by point. Mm-hmm. You know, like so they they could do the rebuttal in theirs. But both statements, I could probably have written both statements <laughs> right. because both sides blame the other for better right. or worse or or true or or wishing things around. Um, you know, they they're both saying the other party didn't isn't um, bargaining in good faith, which right. you hear in every union negotiation. Um, so. It's you got to really read between the lines. They actually said more in these letters about the very specific issues they were dealing with, which then people expected them to. So that was kind of interesting. My favorite outcome so far is that advocates for minor leaguers, an organization that we've talked about a lot. They're great. Actually made public this steering committee that they had formed, which I think had existed for a while, but was kind of, it's still anonymous as to who's, who the members are, so it doesn't harm them in getting future jobs because, you know, that's eat, eat the rich. Um, but their steering committee is meant to start working with minor leaguers as a collective. I think it's a first step towards unionizing is what it sounds like to wow. me. And like, especially because their closing line in their letter announcing this was, now that we have found our collective voice, we intend to use it. Good. I'm really That's excited awesome. about that. So I, you know, they, they the first thing they did was, okay, we exist. Here's what we're going to do. And the first thing we're saying to you is we absolutely support the major league players in their efforts here. That's really good. You know, and the, the other thing about playing you know, or, or using minor league uh, facilities or play is is international, too, that, that major league players could go do p- more international play. So we'll see where that goes as we watch the rest of the, the winter leagues. For sure. Could be more people going down. That would be cool. For sure. Hey, did you have fun researching boyfriends? I had frustration researching boyfriends, to tell you the truth. Oh, so. No. <laughs> So here we go. This is our first, but not even close to last, picks of boyfriends. So what we do is we we start with the two teams with the worst record. And these two teams, the Orioles and the Diamondbacks, were actually tied for the worst record in 2021 with uh, 52 and 110. Which oh, is, it hurts so much. It's just, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I have no love for the Orioles, but that even hurts me. You have a little bit of love for the Orioles. I do. And, and do. today I'm going to show some. Today I'm going to yeah. show some. But the funny thing is, you know how they, they go by the, the worst record for the first draft pick, right? So uh, trying to figure that out, they're, they're tied. So you go back a year. They were actually tied for worst in 2020 also in that shitty shortened season with 25 and 35. So they had to go all the way back to 2019 to determine that the Orioles, in fact, got the first draft pick because they were 54 and 108 at that point which not much better than than this past year whereas the D-backs were 85 and 77. And if you remember one of the points that the the players union is arguing about is our teams they well they call what they call it um competitive integrity, right? Mm-hmm. Um they're arguing about teams tanking a little bit on purpose so they can get these draft picks and not actually competing in good faith. And so some of the things that they're talking about in the um in their in their bargaining is how do you stop this from being something that teams see as a good idea? Yeah. Reward yep. them for winning, not for losing. Yep. So we're going to reward the Orioles and D-backs this week by picking some really cool guys that, that we now love and adore and are forever attached to on each team. And for the Orioles, 
This is not a shocker. I'm picking Trey Mancini, who we were we've both been sort of surprised that neither one of us has picked already. Because of course everybody knows he's a wonderful guy. First base slash DH. He's actually a big uh, plug for why we should have the DH. Yeah, Twenty nine years old. And he's the comeback player of the year this past year. He's He said he was honored to get the award, but would not want it again. Because yeah. the reason why he got it yeah. was that I think, you know, most of y'all know that he missed all of 2020 because he had stage three colon cancer, came out as cancer-free in October, and had a really fantastic rebound 21 season. His slash line doesn't doesn't glow as much. He was 255 average, 326 and 432 with 21 home runs, 71 RBI in 147 games. But he really, especially in the beginning of the season, sort of took off, especially in July, actually, and I'll get to that in a moment. He was the fastest Oriole who started and stayed with the Orioles to get to 100 home runs. Um, He was also in the home run derby. And I think y'all will know that everybody was cheering him on. He lost in the final round to Pete Alonso, but it was his first appearance in the Derby, and he really nailed it. His parents are actually medical people. His mom's a former nurse, and his dad's a doctor. I did not know that. Which I thought is super interesting. And when he was talking about, you know, telling people about his diagnosis, his girlfriend was first and then eventually got to his parents. I think he did a lot of sort of research on his own before then. His father also is a cancer survivor and survives stage two colon cancer. And especially colon cancer is something that really runs in the family. So definitely know your family history, folks. He had a a little bit of a scare, and this is where it gets into his performance this past year. In June, there was just one of those exams, I didn't write down which one it was, that just had the numbers a little bit funny, and it was like, you know, come back and check. But in that time where he had to wait for the next test, there's a lot of stress and frustration. And he slumped and couldn't tell anybody. You know, he didn't want to anybody to be you know judging him or anything like that i think at this point he was just talking to his girlfriend about it he got the clean test in july 4th and then the numbers jumped back up and that's where he was really cranking it leading up to that all-star game with the with the home run derby another you know we always look for connections for why we should choose these guys to be baseball boyfriends and besides the fact that trey mancini is just a wonderful person he debuted against my Red Sox. And people who have been listening to us for even like a half a second know that I'm a little bit of a Red Sox fan. He debuted in 2016 in September as a DH and got a home run in his second at-bat against Eduardo Rodriguez. Two days later, he got a three-run home run against David Price. And he's actually the 20th player in MLB history, like all of MLB history, to home run for his first two starts. But then, a couple days later, against the D-backs, he homered yet again, and it made him the third person in MLB history with a home run for his first three starts. He ended up with seven homers in his first 12 games. Dang. Also making him the third person in MLB history to do so. Now, what is going to happen with him for the future is a little bit in question because he shared first space with your former reference from last year, Ryan Mountcastle. Extraordinaire. So that's where this DH position comes in. Maybe he'll be long-term DH. There's a lot of press out there showing that Trey Mancini is interested in being a long-term Oriole. He's got roots here. He has a commitment to Baltimore. And one of the wonderful things that he has, of course, is his charity work. And he, he now has a fund- foundation run by his sister with a commitment to Baltimore. And the, the quote in their mission that jumped out at me was to support those who are facing illness, empower those suffering from emotional trauma, and provide assistance to those experiencing hardship. And anybody who knows Baltimore, like, that is something that is so needed, absolutely needed. And he's also working with the Col- Colorectal Cancer Alliance to work toward early detection. And he totally recognizes that he was detected early. I mean, this is stage three colon cancer, super serious, but because he's a ball player, because they get examined so much, his he was able to not only get detected, but also get excellent treatment. And so he said, now I've got a platform and I feel I've got a job to do, which is to educate 
everybody. Notably, though, he also did stuff like this before he had cancer himself. And in 2019, he took over for hosting the Purple Tailgate fundraiser from Adam Jones. Oh, love him so another much. Another absolutely beloved somebody that we, we miss a lot from the Orioles. Um, and that supported organizations in Baltimore like the Boys and Girls Clubs, which is super important for, for encouraging new sports people. And there was this whole thing with this um, – and anybody who's in, in our area and on media remembers Mo Gaba, who was a kid who battled cancer, cancer his whole life. He, he finally uh, ended up sadly passing away in July of 2020. But for a long time, he was a sweetheart of media around here, both social and real, like radio media. He'd call in and stuff like that. And he ended up spending 75% of his life in the hospital. Jesus. But one of the yeah. things that Trey Mancini and this, this group did with the Purple Tailgate was raise funds for his cancer treatment. So, so that Trey was doing this beforehand shows what an amazing person he is. He just got engaged, so congratulations to Trey Mancini, to Sarah Perlman, who is a former Mass and Sidelines reporter. And, nice. and there's a cute little story somewhere. I think one of the articles has got to be linked about how, like, when she finally left Mass and is when he asked her out and that her favorite interviews were with him. They started dating four months before his diagnosis. And so that's another thing about he wanted to go to Johns Hopkins for, for care and ended up staying with her after only dating four months in her D.C. apartment and driving himself because this is also at the beginning of COVID, so nobody was allowed to go with him. So he would drive himself, get back to his her apartment, like in time for to start feeling shitty. And then basically she's in this caretaker world. But apparently it worked out for them. And, you know, knock on wood, they'll have a bright and long future together. So I look forward to following Trey this year. For sure. And that's a big test for uh, for any relationship, especially oh, when one so small, because caregiving is no joke. It is, it, you know, it involves like every fiber of your being. And for her to be all in at that early stage is pretty spectacular. I'm really happy to hear that. Um, can I go? Because I really want to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it yeah, my turn? So, so this, is, this is so exciting. We have been waiting for this moment, I would say, since your Orioles been last year. Since yeah. 2019, actually, because, okay, so my guys, my picks have a lot of things in common. They've got cross-training in common. They've got super hardworking um, work ethics, and they've got amazingly supportive families. And I bring to you, are you tired yet of me saying the name, Adley freaking Rutschman, Yay. catcher 23. Finally, I get to pick him as my boyfriend, although I am a little worried that I am picking him too early. See, messing with service time because of the CBA and also messing with service time, period, oh. above. Okay. So I've talked about him ad nauseum for two years. So quick little recap. Um, he shares a birthday with both my kid and with Babe Ruth. And famously in a um, in a video with his mom that I think I talked about on our Mother's Day episode, um, he has this very sweet relationship with his family where she pointed out, you know, this they had this birthday in common, but also that, you know, Babe Ruth signed with the Orioles first. And he said, that's awesome, but I won't be traded to the New York Yankees. And then he said, nice. Or the Red Sox, which is one of the reasons he's my boyfriend Ouch. and not yours. But anyway, <laughs> but I love that about him. And especially like this whole rapport that he's got with his family is amazing. Um, fun facts about his background. He kicked a 63-yard field goal as a senior in high school just for fun. They were up by like four touchdowns. And his coach said, what the hell? Give it a try. And he kicked a 63-yard record-setting 63. field goal. And his coach said, you know, he could have been an NFL kicker. Yeah. Right? And then he actually, at Oregon State, where he went to play baseball, he actually played football as he was the kicker for the beginning of his freshman year. And then he decided, then he focused only on baseball from then out, which you can tell because he won the Golden Spikes Award. He won the Dick House Award and the Buster Posey Award oh. um, all during yeah. college. So he is pretty spectacular. Um, the part of that interview with his mom, she's asked, what's one word to describe your son? And she says, determined. And this, this, I think, just sort of permeates this whole thing. He was, in fact, the very first draft pick in 2019, which is the one we went back to for the Orioles in your story about all the, the terrible records. He was the guy they picked, and they signed him for $8.1 million, which at the time was a record for a signing. I don't know if that's been beaten since it may very well have been. But um, he was this past season. Remember, so, like, you know, he was signed, and then we had he had the, the COVID-shortened season, and then – 
like right in the middle of things. Um, but this past year, he was the O's minor league player of the year. We went to see him, and we had a big we had big fun seeing him play locally. He won a Gold Glove for the minor leagues. His first professional at bat was a home run. He has this past season homered from both sides of the plate in the single game. Holy shit! The first time wow. I reported on this, the fun fact was he homered from both sides of the plate, like one in each game of a doubleheader. But then after that, he did it in one single game. You will appreciate that both of his parents are teachers. Yes. And he actually was their spokesperson for statements that the Orioles put out supporting teachers, especially in the time of COVID when everything was remote and teachers were working so hard, even though the the job is hard to begin with, but working even harder to figure out how to, you know, how to to get these kids quality education in this crazy, crazy time. And so he was their spokesperson for that. Um, His sister is pretty awesome, too. They are super close. She's also a... She's been an athlete, um, but she volunteered for a children's hospital in Tanzania for a month. She, during the beginning of COVID, was administering COVID vaccines at a clinic near their house. Um, And like they hang, they hung out together a lot during COVID, including making some um, TikTok videos together, which I hear (laughs) the kids follow. I don't, but I did click on one link because it was this very fun um, video of this Christmas Day scavenger hunt they sent their parents on, which ended up in their driveway where Adley was able to present his mom, who had worked so hard over all these years, with a car. Yes, it was one of those, like it was a fancy new Audi with a bow on top. And it's his sister's TikTok, so she ended it with the caption, I got the mugs. (laughs) I want to see that. I totally want to see that. I I will link to that. It's very sweet. So growing up, he did not do travel ball or the high priced elite camps or any of those things that we've talked about in the past, the things that make baseball out of reach for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. He played local because he wanted to be with his friends. So he found he found a way. He was also well placed. I mean, his dad was a he you know is a, a catching instructor, right? And they had a relationship with Oregon State, so he had those connections. But they didn't have to have a bazillion dollars to get him seen by the right people, right? So his giving back was um, actually just in October, where he hosted the first ever. Um, free baseball clinic in the homegrown program in partnership with USA Baseball. So we did this in Portland where 125 kids could come for free and have, you know, all day clinics, but also a Q&A with Adley and each of those 125 kids got one-on-one time with him. Wow. That's so, so cool. I mean, we talk all the time about it's great to give the money back, but to show up for yep. your community where people can see your face and see your personal commitment really changes lives. So that's pretty cool. Okay, so now here's the lockout relationship to all of this. Adley Rutschman is not currently on the 40-man roster. Interestingly, oh, there shit. are no catchers. There are no there are no catchers on the Orioles roster right now. None. And but the thing, so the good news and bad news. The good news is that means he can keep working out. Because he's not on the 40-man roster, he can be working out at the minor league facilities, right? But he's going to get messed with regardless. And, and like in the, in the way of Chris Bryant of the past, I mean, he, according to all reports, was ready to start in the major leagues when he was drafted in 2019. He was that freaking good, right? And he's probably not going to be on the opening day roster whenever opening day ends up being because they need to fuck with his service time. Uh. And it it, it depends on what happens with it, with the, um, with the CBA, with the collective bargaining agreement. I mean, if the, if the players can find a way to stop the screwing with service time, maybe he would be their starting catcher on opening day, but we don't know what's going to happen. And the O's clearly in a rebuilding stage want to keep him for as long as possible. So if they start him a month later, they get to keep him under team control for a whole extra year, you know, when the team is, you know, ready to win. Like he, mm-hmm. they want to maximize his time on what could possibly be a winning team, not not a rebuilding team. So he's going to get messed with. So I may have picked him too early, um, but I love him and he's great and he's super and he's a hell of a guy. And his coach from Oregon State said this, and this is one of the things that kind of sums it up. He says, He's like a guy playing Little League every game. He loves this thing. He loves his teammates. He was so excited to play. Guys loved it. He loved it. He's the best guy on the planet. He's Captain America. Captain America. You know I'm a fan. Yeah. You know, I'm almost caught up on the Marvel Universe movies. We've only got that last one, that end, end game. Is that it? 
Yeah, All so right. there you go. So then you'll you'll see even more about the importance of Adley Rutschman. I'm sure that explains it all. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel like this is it's definitely a plug to get out there and, and go to minor league games because I feel yes. like, hey, I saw him in Bowie. How cool is that? And I saw him in what? We were the second row, right? Or first row? We actually bumped we up the right first. We were right there. Yeah. Yeah, we did. So right like, about the dugout. Go to minor league games because you never know what's going to happen. You never know. You never know. You're seeing tomorrow's stars today. Bum, bum, bum. Exactly. All right. So that's that's on my to-do list for next year. But right now, we're going to go across the country. We're going to go all the way to Arizona with the Diamondbacks. And this one, it was just hard for me. I just don't know the Diamondbacks. And The Athletic had this really handy article about who's Definitely going to be on the team next year. Who's probably going to be on the team next year. There are way too many pitchers and we don't pick pitchers. And then there are way too many people that we've picked already. And I I almost went for Carson Kelly, who's a catcher. But I just. Well, he was my boyfriend last year, so it wouldn't work. Wait, for you. he was? How did yeah. I miss that? I don't know, but he, I mean, he's like, you know, until I say the name of my current boyfriend, he is still my boyfriend on the, wow. on the Diamondbacks. I ah. am really glad that I tell yes. How did I not even, like, I did some research, too. It's because you don't listen well, to me. You never listen to me. You know who I thought you had picked. See, you did not deny that. So I noticed this. this. No, <laughs> but also, like, I must be just, like, delirious because I really thought at least one of us had picked Nick Ahmed, and so I just didn't even look at him. I looked him up, too, because I thought we had, but we had not. And we had not. And I and, not. and I almost picked him this time until I found this article. And, and, you know, I don't have anything against Christian people. Y'all are fine. <laughs> but it's the proselytizing bit that I just would not hang yeah. out. I don't want to hang out with a beer for somebody who's going to tell me to find Jesus. And that's what Nick Ahmed, yeah. there's a quote that says, that's when I step in and encourage them to turn to Jesus. So I just don't, oh. I just don't want to hang out with somebody who's going to do that. So Joshua Luke Rojas does have a cross in his bio, but he says nothing about proselytizing. So I'm going to just sort of accept that the way Stick it is. Stick to sports. Right. So he, I, I think. <laughs> just like we do. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. I definitely need more beer. I think he's going to be utility. And that's the other thing that I've realized as we create our fantasy teams out of our baseball boyfriends, that number one, it's good to have guys who actually play. So I've been like looking at that. (laughs) Step one. And number two, it's good to have a little versatility. And even though I tend to come up short in catchers, last year I didn't have a backup catcher and that was kind of an issue. I, I also like the utility dudes because you can plug them in anywhere. And and Rojas, you can plug in pretty much anywhere, and, and I'm happy about that. 27 years old, he gets some baseball boyfriend points along with your former boyfriend, soon-to-be former boyfriend, Carson Kelly, for doing some charity work with the D-backs Give Back. And, and it's just such a cool organization that they have as part of the team that they're super encouraging their, their players to give back. But that what you were talking about, that – hands-on like you have to be there to do it not just throw money on it not just um, put your face on it that both Carson Kelly and Josh Rojas were part of the D-backs give back one-on-one pairing with teenagers where they actually worked with teenagers one-on-one who are in a transitional housing program so that means they're sort of like foster-ish but older so maybe they're in like a group home and this organization got them $250 to go shopping but they got to go shopping with the 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 D-backs player they also hosted an evening for the holidays with games, gifts, crafts, food, toy from Santa for the Boys and Girls Club. And then very recently, he posted on his Instagram this partnership with a local uh, car dealership. But it, it's, he said it's teaming up to support causes and organizations that benefit our community, especially communities here in the West Valley where I am from. And that is also like a very cool, I think, baseball boyfriendy kind of thing that he's playing for his home team. And yeah. and for Arizona also, I, I you know, I'm just so old. I always feel like the Diamondbacks just started like yesterday. So he was born in Arizona, grew up as a D-backs fan, lived about 30 minutes away from Chase Field. Played baseball in high school as well as football. So a little bit of that well-rounded sports thing and went to a community college and then University of Hawaii for baseball, which is going to be a pretty nice place to play. And then in, in good old Cape Cod League in Massachusetts. 
He was then drafted by the Astros in 2017, but traded to the D-backs in 19 with soon-to-be-mentioned Seth Beer and a couple others in the Granky trade. He debuted in August of 2019, and, you know, it was his debut August. He batted 219 in 47 games that season. He's actually only the second Arizona-born dude to debut with the, with the D-backs. So he played, he was drafted by the Astros, but didn't make it up with them. Debuted with the D-backs. Charles Brewer in June 2013 was the first Arizona-born guy to, de- to debut with the D-backs, and I have no clue who that was. But he's <laughs> actually only the 10th Arizona-born player to play for the D-backs, which kind of backs up my, uh, my assumption that the D-backs are a brand new team, right? So then looking for something just fun to talk about with Rojas and this and and this gets to like, I would love to have a beer with him and talk about this, but this doesn't quite reflect my personality trait that he is uber competitive and I'm not uber competitive, but I kind of respect that in a person and he takes it to the mind game level where he's trying to psych out the pitcher, right? And it gets down to the stare and the look. And is there a shuffle involved? Th- I don't think so. I think that that we can leave that to Soto. So see, there's I have precedent there that I like guys who, who who try to go after that. And and there was an athletic article that will definitely link where there's a quote that says rankling his ranking rank rankling that's the word rankling. rankling. Yep. His opponents is not so much an acquired skill for Rojas as it is his natural state of being. <laughs> And this article has a couple of good incidences where he just kind of did some mind games with the pitcher. The first one was Padres Tim Hill. There was like a throw near the head. Tim Hill told him to get back in the box. He told him to throw it over the plate. And they got into this exchange. But then afterwards, he said he wasn't really mad. He was just you know, seeing where he could go with it, seeing where he could go with the pitcher. That one he actually lost. He flied out. But then he did the same sort of thing with Marcus Stroman, where somebody stared at somebody. There were some exchanges. But it's not like he's honestly angry. He's just playing the game. And this is he's part of the game. He's Yeah, he's totally working at it. And his mom's quote, which is the, the most adorable thing, and of course I love the mom's quote, is that before they play like board games as a family, mom has to go over to him and say, Hun, this is just for fun. Like, let's not get cutthroat about the board like game. Like in my house, when Monopoly is not over until somebody cries? Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that, that, that's totally, that's totally it. <laughs> and and mom also said, so that's why he likes baseball, though. It's the matching of the wits. So 20, you know, so he debuted the end of 19. 2020 is a fucked up year. It's just a fucked up year. And, and to, to add to that, he had a lower back injury. So he had a rough 20. He only played 17 games, batted 180. But then he went to work over the winter, and this is where he started adulting. So he had been living as sort of like a young dude who sleeps whenever, eats the pizza, and he realized I wasn't taking care of my body. And here's where Nick Ahmed, you know, bless him, comes back in. And Nick Ahmed apparently... Bless him. Bless him about Nick Ahmed. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep. Well, at yeah, least he sure did. He got to it, you. It, he right, got right, to you. Right. You just, so okay. at least he's got the healthy living part out of out of the Jesus loving. Mm-hmm. So he he had been on it like a super strict schedule, like a Trump, Tom Brady esque kind of thing, where you're very careful about what goes in your body and your sleep and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, Rojas was like, "Maybe this is a good idea. Maybe I need to sleep eight hours a night really carefully and eat well." And the thing that I love about this too, and this is like a baseball boyfriend thing for me, he learned to ask for help. He learned that oh, when things huge. get shitty, you have to turn to the people around you and ask for help. And so in 2021, that's the right, yeah, I said that right, 2021, he 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 bounced back. He was batting 264, led the D-backs in runs with 69, also in errors with 15, which was a lot more than anybody else, but you know, he, he's working it. He also ran out of steam at the end because this is his first full season. And oh, he right. said, actually, that those little aches and pains add up. So I think he's he's learning and, and changing with the things that he learns. And I love that. And 
actually, even after this year, his girlfriend mentioned four months off, you know, time for us to hang out. And he's like, that's not really how it works. Like, this is not off time. This is time for me to prepare for next season. I hope she accepts it. She's actually lovely. She's a nurse. Um, But he's played all over. So I love this about him. He's played the whole outfield. He can play second base, third base, and shortstop. And I guess I've grown to love Josh Rojas. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'm definitely going to have a beer because my boyfriend for the Diamondbacks is, in fact, Seth Beer. you got to get the jersey, man. You totally got to get right? the beer jersey. How I can can't you believe not? that. How is it not the number one selling jersey? Because right. it's a Diamondbacks jersey. But sure enough. They're sure snazzy, enough, though. I like their colors. They are good yeah. colors. They are good colors. That's for sure. So um, so Seth Beer, um, first place, he... Um, might also be, I may also be picking him too early, more about that later. He was born in Iowa, had skates on at age three because hockey in Iowa. And you know, I do, do love me some hockey. In addition to playing on the ice, he also played floor hockey in their enormous garage. And he tells parents, when he was, when he was four, like three or four, act like the crowd. So he'd make his parents go, woo, <laughs> ah, and cheer so and cool. stuff. So the kid is like <laughs> built for, you know, professional sports, right? So he... Talk about cross-training. Once they moved to Georgia, they moved to like near Atlanta when he was like five or six, he was homeschooled to accommodate six hours of swim training a day. So he would do two swimming. He started out with aches and pains, those little aches and pains that add up. He would he started swimming to kind of alleviate like these growing pains, this ligament stuff, and he actually ended up being good at it. So he started swimming competitively as a kid and swam miles and miles every day and then was also playing baseball so it might be like three hours of swim practice and then 200 swings off a tee and then a nap and then you know three more hours of swimming when he was 10 he said i want to go to the olympics i mean kids say that right but the kid this kid's got talent and so his parents say okay we're not made of money and this is a boatload of work so they wrote out a contract with him here's what you have to do Hmm. and then we will do these things to support you in this. And they actually, you know, Derek Jeter did this um, with, I don't know his parents or grandparents, but I mean, but it was like, you know, we don't have a lot. So if this is what we will agree to do if you keep up your end of the bargain. So he absolutely did because by the time he was in the 11 to 12 age group, he had national records in three backstroke At events. 11, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, sure enough. So there were days where he would go to a swim meet in the morning, play a baseball game in the afternoon, and then go back to the swim meet to swim in the finals at night right so he would keep his his swimming was his thing right he wants to go to the olympics baseball was fun baseball was like to like blow off steam right he in his baseball cap he would write down his swimming goals and one of his goals was omaha 2016 that's when the olympic trials were going to be where they were going to be so remember that for you know a few minutes from now so at 14 13 or 14 depending on what you read he actually made a really hard decision to switch only to baseball because his coach at the time, who had been a professional pitcher, said, you have the best swing I've ever seen. You could be, you could play in the major leagues. And he was on the phone with his coach saying, you need to tell me if this is real or not because I'm like working for the Olympics here in another sport. And he said, yeah, it's real. It's crazy at 14 years old. Like I just can't imagine a 14-year-old with that kind of like wherewithal to be planning your future depending on which sport and you have this dream that I mean, like you're you're setting national records, so like the, your dream is not out of reach, yeah. right? But you also know that in order to do, you you, you got to pick one at, at some point. At some point, if you you need to like, he said his entire family cried oh my because God. they they had been like all in for this swimming yeah. thing, right? But he said, in addition to like this coach saying, no, no, you've got it. You, 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 are, you are a natural. You've got this. He really liked the team aspect. I mean, swimming is really, I mean, you are part of a swim team, but it's really an individual mm-hmm. sport, right? But he said like for his whole like, childhood, he'd look in the mirror and see a swimmer. And then one day he looked in the mirror and he saw a baseball player huh. and he knew it was time. So his parents said, all right. And they ripped up the old contract and they wrote a new one. Wow. Here's how we're going to help you in your baseball goals. Right. And this, I mean, I'm telling that this family relationship stuff in both of these boyfriends is just killing me. I'm, I'm almost in tears when I'm reading some of these things. So um, his high school, he walked up to his coach and said, hey, hi, I'm Seth Beer. We're going to win a, a state championship. And they did. Um, he, his sister was a volleyball player. He had to drive her to Clemson University for a, 
I don't know if it was a tryout or a match or, or a tournament or whatever it was. So while he was there, he went over to say hi to the to the baseball coach and said, yeah, I, I want to go here. Huh. So hello, public school teacher. He worked with his high school to figure out how to graduate a semester early and start college in what would have ordinarily have been his second semester of senior year. So he could play baseball for Clemson when he should have been in the final semester of a senior That's year amazing. in high school. And more amazing than that, his slash line was 369, 535, and 700 with 70 RBI and a Clemson freshman record 18 home runs. This is a kid who should have still been in high school. He also was on the spring honor roll for college when he should have been in high school. He was the first freshman ever to win the ACC Player of the Year. And he won the Dick Hauser Award, which, as I mentioned above, Adley Rutschman won actually a couple years later because he won it, you know, after a couple years oh, that's in so college cool. when most people win that thing. Okay, so when he went to collect that Dick Hauser Award, it was um, the, the ceremony was in Omaha in 2016 remember his baseball cap where he wrote his goals the olympic trials were happening for swimming at the exact same time he was collecting the dick hauser award in the same city in omaha 2016 i'm gonna cry that's i know right right so also in 2016 baseball america picked him as their freshman of the year and then fast forward to 2018 he was a first round draft pick for the astros for $2.25 million, 2018. He, as you mentioned, he was part of the Zach Greinke trade, which got him to the Diamondbacks. His, um, he got called up this past September while he was fly fishing. Because remember, the minor league season ends at the end of August, right? So he's big into fly fishing. So he was in a river when <laughs> he, like his, his watch told him that his phone was ringing. So he's like, you know, wading out of the river to get to his phone because he saw that it was his AAA coach. Apparently slipped and fell and submerged in the river, managed to get back up and get out while the phone was still ringing to answer the phone from his AAA coach who said, hey, you just got the call up. Wow. You're going to the majors. So his first at bat, he was a pinch hitter. He got a solo home run. He said, you know, his parents and his girlfriend were in the stands for this and said, I can't even still put it into words, it's almost just a blur to look up there and see all the people that have helped me get to this point. My mom and my dad, I could see my dad tearing up, my mom crying, they've sacrificed so much for me to get here. I mean, both of these guys have these families who put so much into supporting their kids' goals, even though they didn't necessarily have a lot to to work with financially or, you know, and they, they made it happen. They, they made it happen, but the kids had to have that work ethic. The kids had to do their part, right? This wasn't just, we can pay for you to be on this team, or we can pay for you to just, they had to work their way there. Unfortunately, Seth Beer does not have sexy D because the first inning he played in the field, which was later, because you remember his first hit, uh, at bat was he was a pinch hitter. So he played in the field in a later game, um, dove for a ball and ended up needing so- shoulder surgery because surgery. he dislocated his shoulder. So that he... It's going to be a couple of months of recovery, so he probably will be at least late to spring training, if not to start the season. Although, you know, depending on what happens with the lockout, who knows? Mm-hmm. But so he's he's probably going to start late. So again, I may have picked somebody too soon. But one more plug for the mom, where she said, "Seth, if he's got a goal, get out of the way because he's going to get it. The best we can do as parents is just fan the flame." And he led the the D backs in batting average. I mean, he definitely had a, a much smaller. I don't know how many games he played. Oh, like like two. I mean, like it was really small. So yeah, batting average yeah, is but um, crazy crazy. It, that's a fake number yep. for here. Yeah. Yep. But um, hey, so I, I feel good about our, our initial picks. This is fun to get back in the swing of things. It is really fun. It is fun. And it's good to have like somebody that you watch on, you know, from here yeah. on in, we're going to be having our eye on these guys and see how they sure are. And next week, we've got the Rangers and the Pirates. That's kind of I don't, I don't know what's going on with the Pirates, but the Rangers have a whole lot going on. So but okay, just to point out, I had Marcus Simeon this year, so don't uh, pick him right. with the Rangers. I, I had him this year with Toronto. <laughs> Carson okay, Kelly. Like, I would have, I probably would have done a search. I'm just you don't, really you lucky. You just don't I'm listen to lucky. me. I know. So, so, so lucky. So many teams. There's 30 of them, folks. I just can't 30. believe you didn't pick a guy named Beer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's so not like you. I mean, if his name was Mezcal, it would have been a no, no-brainer, but... <laughs> Or tequila, but no. But you did him justice. I think I think it all Thank worked you. out really well. And I've, I've suddenly okay. fa- fallen in love with Josh Rojas. So I think I'm okay, good with perfect. that. I'm, okay. I'm going to bring us to the quick, hopefully, uh, international rundown. 
Oh, this hurts. I, I, good thing I have a little bit more oh, no. beer. CPBL. The brothers swept I'm so it. Sorry. My lions went down in flames. Although, so, so y'all didn't vote enough in my little poll that I put up on Twitter. Flying high was the the lions' little motto for the the playoffs, and lighted up was the brothers. And if you put those two together, flying high and lighted up. You know, there's just, I don't know. I'm not quite sure why. You get arrested and kicked off the airplane <laughs> right, is what happens. Exactly. I'm kind of like, who thought of this? Does anybody understand uh-huh. the innuendo there? But unfortunately, light it up one over flying high. Hey, can I interrupt you for a second to talk about my bobbleheads? Oh, please. Sure. So when uh, my... Well, when my kid's friend was here, she was looking up at my bobblehead collection, which I newly, you know, unboxed, I mentioned. And, and you know, Dusty Baker's got a toothpick, which is my very favorite... <laughs> Know you know where this, this is, is going. going. You know where this is going. She thought it. that he had lit it up, in fact. That's and I did point out that he had, in fact, done that with, say, Jimi Hendrix. Right. So it was not that far afield, but um, we were amused that her, her first thought was, is he, is he, is it a blunt? <laughs> Why do you have a bobblehead with a blunt? That's awesome. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that, that that's it for my my lighted up story. Right. Well, it's, I mean, the the happy thing about the CPBL being over for now, sigh, is that I get to sleep again. I there's my cat. It's actually that's cat number two meowing in the background. I do want to give a shout out to our friend Daniel She, who we talked to in our pod- podcast a couple years ago at this point, and Patrick Melbourne for their English language coverage, which I am super grateful for. Patrick's was actually on the on the download was private this year, and oh. I feel super privileged to be part of it because he's such an amazing commentator. He really has a future in store in this and my cat won't shut the fuck up the other they're, they're thing- fans of patrick melbourne too yeah actually emerald were you, were you listening to patrick yeah <laughs> there you go the the cool thing one of the many cool things about both daniel and patrick is that they use the correct plural of rbi on a regular yay. basis. They said I love that. RBI as the plural of RBI. So yay to them. A little bit of adding insult to injury here. Literally, absolutely this is literally, is that the brothers have now signed Teddy Stankowitz, who started this past season with the Lions and one, was one of the trio. is Teddy and Brock and Tim. And they were a group. And then Teddy had to leave to go to Mexico for the Olympics. And then he stayed in Mexico and played with the Toros de Tijuana and the Liga Mexicana. And instead of going back to the Lions where he rightfully belongs, he has been signed for the brothers. So I feel like the the brothers are definitely the Yankees in this situation. And I am sad. And now they are scoping on Brock and I will just be crushed. I don't know. Which might make them the Mets, actually, you know, picking up all your boyfriends. Totally. So I don't know what's going to happen to my beloved Lions, but I'm a little sad. Getting swept and then getting your pitchers poached is not a good look. Oh, the damn pitcher poaching. Absolutely. So they should prohibit pitcher poaching. They should. They should. I'm cranky about that. Or the Lions should just fork up some fucking money. Um, the the NPB uh, Japan Baseball Nippon Professional Baseball Daisuke Matsuzaka, who those of us of Red Sox breed will remember very well, has officially retired. Now Daisuke started in Japan, and when the Red Sox got him, he was just so lauded, and I didn't realize why he was such a huge deal when the Red Sox got him. But it turns out that not only was he Rookie of the Year in in Japan, but he three times was the win leader, four times strikeout leader, and two times ERA leader, seven-time All-Star, seven-time Gold Glove, and two-time on the Japanese Series championship teams, both in 04, before he went to the Red Sox, and 17 after he went to the Red Sox. He re- played for Japan twice in the World Baseball Classic and was the MVP both times. So the hype was real. When those of us you know, who are Red Sox fans got him, he definitely sort of fizzled. I mean, he, he was with the 07 championship team, and then after that, not so much. And ended, he ended up with the Mets in 13-14 and then went back to Japan and was in three different teams. But the beauty of like the cycle and the things of baseball is he ended up back with the team that he debuted with, the Seibu Lions, for his retirement, which was just the other day. 
And, of, you know, when you do the retirement, there's the big, like, uh, not Jumbotron because that's copyright. The big the video, the board, big video yeah. board thing. And so there was Jumbotron's the big. Jumbotron's more fun to say. It is. I just, uh, I don't know. They did the big video thing. And, of course, with, like, the people who are toasting to him was Ichiro Suzuki, who they, they were playing together in MLB, but they were sort of, like, friends rivals. And then after the video thing, Ichiro actually came out with a big bouquet of flowers and gave it to oh, him as man. a surprise. And just I, I will definitely link that little video clip because it's it's endearing. And then I looked into a little bit into the uh, Dice K Ichiro rivalry, and it turns out, and this is amazing, that Ichiro was the leadoff hitter for Seattle when Dice K debuted for the Red Sox, and Dice K got him. He went over five. All right. So there's that. All right. I'm going to go back over to the Americas with Liedom and Albert Pujols, who I've been like talking about for weeks because he's been with my Leones del Escogido. He's apparently done for the season. Maybe. Maybe. Just stopping because he wants to stop? This, or? I don't totally get how this happens. This seems to happen in Liedom a lot. Like players stop, players come back. He, the door has been left way open if the Leones, by some fucking miracle make it to the postseason maybe he'll come back he did fine i mean basically his 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 goal here was to play for the dominican league he's from the dominican republic he had never played for them before after this huge long famed career but also you know he's he's trying to get back for one more year he wants to play mlb one more year so he batted a slash line of 246 292 344 you know pretty middle of the road with only one home run, but his home run win is, was in his last game, and it was just crushed. And it was like such a, like, I'm gone, but I'm not really gone. You know, is that kind You're of You're not going to forget me. Gone, but not forgotten. Exactly. Exactly. And that comes to our word of the week. Palabra de la semana. Embasarse. To get on base. So his porcentaje de embasarse, his on-base percentage, percentage, would be 344. Embasarse. Embasarse. Yeah. Yeah, and then we can get into the conjugations. Say embasarse. That's going to be hard for me right. to remember. i got to figure that one out. i got to practice that to one. To get on-base. I just love how, like, sometimes a bunch of words can be put into one. Embasarse. And before I leave the Dominican Republic, I want to give a couple of shout-outs. One is to yesterday, the 4th of December, there was a beach cleanup for the Players for the Planet, which is apparently this organization that's been around for a few years by Chris Dickerson, who is some former baseball player who I unfortunately don't, don't know about and didn't look up enough apologies to the Dickerson family, but started this organization, <laughs> Players for the Planet, which is basically a bunch of players who are taking care of the environment including to nobody's surprise Nelson Cruz who is just you know the the do-gooding hero and and Patty's former boyfriend Robinson Cano a former boyfriend of mine and and others and they went and cleaned up the beaches yesterday to get ready for today the Dia de Leyendas which was super fun I caught a little bit on YouTube and I will try to find the the link to put in because that had just fucking everybody so there was this day of the legends today for Lidam and it was a bunch of you know, players who are now in MLB. I mean, Guerrero was there. Juan Soto was there. Fernando Tatis Jr. was there. Nelson Cruz was there. Robinson Cano was there. I there were so many people there. The, bless Big Poppy, David Ortiz. Everybody else who was a Landa, who was wearing like the Landa's jersey, whatever. Big Poppy was wearing a Patriots shirt with his number 34 and Big Poppy on the back. He's got to stand out. The most uh, tear-jerking part, though, is they had a, a ceremony for Julio Lugo, who I talked about a couple of weeks ago, who recently died at age 45 of a heart attack. <sighs> His mom spoke, which was yeah, just heart-wrenching. But also David Ortiz spoke and as a former teammate and a bunch of other guys. And then there were just like little interviews around. They did like... The, the running of the bases, home run derby, little things like that. But what they said was they don't get to hang out like that together. Yeah. And just sure to enough. have this opportunity to not only hang out with them, but with Dominican players. So the running of the bases was like one from each Dominican team. And then these legends are just hanging out. Pedro Martinez was there. So yeah. check out the YouTube for that. 
That's funny. I saw um, a, a photo on Twitter of Juan Soto watching a Lidom game. Yeah. And I love that he is such a baseball fan because like even during the playoffs, there were photos of him watching his former teammates, you know, at Dodger Stadium and then, you know, watching, you know, where, you know, from his home, you know, where he grew up in the Dominican Republic, watching baseball games there. I like that they go and just support each other. Yeah. That is very cool. Yeah. I'm I hope he participated in the hard work part too. Yeah, there's that. There's totally that. My my very yeah. last quick statement: Liga de Baseball Femenina de Puerto Rico. Uh, the champs are the Lobos de Arecibo, who are I I can't remember how many times, but they've been champs a bunch. So hats well, off Congratulations. to women yeah. in baseball. A whole league in Puerto Rico. We've got to learn from them. So uh, one more woman who's shaking things up in mm-hmm. baseball right now is our dear friend Meredith Wills, who is the astrophysicist and a sports fan beyond compare. She has um, published studies about the makeup of baseballs in the past, and her newest study has just hit the news in time for this lockout, and it really does speak to the um, – Oh, I don't know how MLB is not necessarily forthcoming with their players with the rest of the world, because here's what she discovered. MLB had two different baseballs in use in the 2021 season, and Meredith basically took apart more than 100 baseballs from 15 parks and analyzed their makeup, analyzed where they came from, very, you know, she's a scientist, she can do this stuff, and discover there are two basic types of baseballs that got used throughout the year. MLB had created new specs to deaden the ball, right? Because there was all those like years where there were, you know, record setting home runs. So they went, okay, we need more, we need more action on the field. We need balls to not just fly out of the park. So we're going to create this new ball. Looser seams, lighter course, not going to fly as far. And that would be fine if that was the ball that everyone used. But she also found that they also had the older style, heavier balls, which were like, you know, the juiced-ish balls. Now, this comes to light because science and MLB blames it on COVID. And they're so convincing. They're so convincing if you actually ignore the science. Because, okay, so so Rawlings has the contract to produce the balls used in the major league. They're based in Costa Rica. And, and the, the balls that are going to be used in an upcoming season are made six months to a year in advance. Right. So production was during, you know, COVID, like the the beginning of COVID, when, you know, production was shut down on a lot of things in a lot of places. And they said the Rawlings plant couldn't produce enough of the new style because of the protocols. So they mixed in, you know, some excess inventory from older balls. Okay, that's believable, except that Meredith is a scientist. And she looked at the batch numbers on the balls, which show when they were made. And some of the juiced balls were made, the heavier balls, I shouldn't call them juiced balls, the heavier balls, the old style balls, were manufactured after the new requirements came into effect. So they were actively manufacturing both the lighter and the heavier That's baseballs nuts. at the same time. Um, so some evidence that I read, I mean, the, the reporting on this is a little bit scattered. So I think I'm hoping we get to talk to Meredith directly about this. Some of the evidence says that MLB went back to the juiced balls after all the no hitters at the beginning of the season, right? Huh. To like, you know, increase the offense because the, the, the offense Too was so reduced. No-hitters. But other data showed they were kind of used throughout, like both were sort of used throughout the league clearly aware of this, whether it's because of COVID and production issues or because they requested it, either way, they knew about it. They say, oh, no, we told the union about it, but the players sure didn't know it. The coaches sure didn't know it, right? So, you know, who I, there's no evidence that they actually made this, uh, this information available to people. And here's all the things wrong with that. One is, remember all the big to-do about about pitchers not being able to get a good grip on the ball and the ban on sticky substances, they're using two different freaking balls. How do you accommodate that? You got to hold. One has looser seams. One has one's heavier. They're different. They're going to require a difference in the grip. And you're punishing the pitchers. You're giving them right. two completely different balls. There's also conspiracy theories which are only bad if they're wrong. <laughs> because here's the thing: there's no data to say were like this mixture of the heavier and the lighter baseballs were they distributed uniformly 
Did some teams just have the dead balls and some teams just have the juiced balls? Mm-hmm. Did some have a mixture? One of those, the, the lighter one benefits the pitcher. The heavier one benefits the batter. The league can manipulate games. They can inip- manipulate series. They can influence, like Pete Alonso said, it could influence uh, free agency classes. Like, you know, if we give the dead balls to certain teams uh, with guys coming up from free agency, they could, like, suppress their numbers. And it can also I fuck mean, with pitchers' muscles. Like, just that, yeah. that adjustment between, like, they can feel that. They can totally feel that. They can feel that, and so like they like um, the the article like that that busted this open um, talked they talked to like ten different players, and none of them knew about it, and all of them said, "Oh yeah, so we felt like something was wrong. We didn't know what it was." Hmm. There one organization that keeps stats, and we had to cu- stop keeping some stats because our results were so whack, and we couldn't figure out why. Well, that's why different balls. So um, yeah, so it doesn't really speak to the um, the openness and the honesty of Major League Baseball right now to have done this and kept it quiet. This is a whole thing. Yep. Yeah, she's amazing. This is like such a, such a huge effort on her part to be collecting all these balls and analyzing them. Yeah, we're lucky. Welcome. Welcome to science and welcome to scandal. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What do you got going on this week, my friend? Oh, man, I don't know. Not a lot. Not a lot. I guess you could probably use a week off where you can sleep in like till all the way till like 530 or six now. Yeah, yeah, definitely not getting up for Taiwanese baseball is a thing. I got to start watching more lead on, I think. And there's that holiday break coming up. So that'll be nice. I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to a hockey game. I'm doing some more cross-training. I had so much fun at the last hockey game I went to. I'm going to a game tomorrow night. I hope I do not witness anybody like duck and roll over several rows of seats from the cheap seats. I will once again, of course, be in the cheap seats because that's where we go. But um, yeah, so the Capitals and the Anaheim Ducks. I'm going to be there, man. It's going to be fun. Oh, that's so cool. I need to go to some live sports. Hockey is my favorite sport. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm always up for hockey. You, You just let me know. You can come with me anytime. Oh, cool. I got to see when the Bruins are coming around. That would be fun. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it would. Because I love it when we go to games together and root yes, against each other. And it's like, it's, it happens more than you think. Yeah, right? And it's sort of like this up and down thing. Like one of us is standing, the other sitting, like alternate yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. It, it is, in fact, a whole crazy thing. Whack-a-mole. Hey, so um, y'all should be cross-training as well. Watch some international baseball and go see some other sports because it's good for you. It was good for Seth Beer. It was good for Adley Rutschman. It can be good for you, too. Thank you very much. Um Please listen to some older episodes. If you're just if you're new to us and you want to get caught up, leave us a rating or review. Tell your friends if you think they might like to hear us talk about baseball. Absolutely find us on social media. Hang out with us on Twitter, NCIB Podcast. Facebook and Instagram is no crying in B ball. Get your booster shot, fight the man till next week. Say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. Yeah, we're good. Yep. Except for those are both number four. So my number four is before your number four. Should yours be a five? Only if you believe (laughs) in math.